Hello and welcome back to the conclusion of the matter. I'm Ren Ferguson and joined with me as always is Robbie Santiago and Ryan Weaver. We're so glad that you guys have tuned back in this week. This week is actually going to be the season finale of season three. Uh, we, As we did last year after our first season, we're going to take a break for the month of December uh, just to kind of have a little bit of time, you know, because the schedules are always so hectic around Christmas especially. Uh, so to give us a little bit of time, give us a little bit of a break as well uh, from recording, and then we're planning to come back on January 9th. Uh, so that is the plan. So, of course, be aware, and we'll we'll make sure to put something out uh, to announce uh, Season 4 uh, for January 9th. But uh, keep that in mind. But as I mentioned, we're glad that you have tuned in today. Solomon wrote Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verses 13 and 14. Let us hear the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. For God will bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or evil. Uh, so I'll turn it over to Robbie, and he'll tell you what we'll be discussing today. Thanks, Ren. Uh, so again, I want to thank everybody for listening this season and looking forward to next season already. And today we're going to be finishing up with one of our series that we started, I believe, I assume back in season one. Uh, with the message behind the music and the song that we're going to be looking at today is count your blessings so uh, we'll have to be moving kind of quickly through this because there are four verses to the song so we're going to try to keep up the pace easier said than done for us sometimes <laughs> we tend to harp on things at least I can speak for myself there uh, but if you guys don't have anything to open us up with we'll go ahead and start the verse that's fine with me so uh, verse one the first little bit says when upon life's billows you are tempest tossed when you are discouraged thinking all is lost so i just automatically kind of just think of the different trials and different struggles that we deal with on a day-to-day -day basis and i think of you know a lot of the book of james talks about dealing with those things and then first peter chapter four um, as well and kind of in context a lot of these verses that we look at in scripture that talk about when trials and when bad times come a lot of them the point that those passages are trying to make is to lean on christ and lean on the brotherhood to kind of help encourage you and to uplift you through those those discouraging times but where did y'all's minds go with those I, opening couple lines i went and said okay well i don't use the term billows that's and what i, I know no. and or i don't tempest. use it or the tempest <laughs> tossed yeah. is actually a that those two words together is is a it's like tempest dash tossed and there's the definition of that is pounded or hit repeatedly by storms or adversities and i'm like that puts another level on it than mm -hmm. just a trial because yeah. getting pounded and hit repeatedly i think of a boxer right. just taking a a whooping yeah. you know and it's like sometimes you know we have trials that that are you know it's like oh i'm dealing with this and then there are some that's just like it doesn't matter you you right. you think you're getting some getting your head above water and then boom Scam. beat over you know, the head and, you know, the billows, it's kind of like, uh, I think the definite, I forgot to put it down, but it was like, it could a be a cloud. A wave or, or, or a swell of water yeah, is what I found. I also saw like a cloud or a mist, like a, um, or a, uh, I'll have to look it like up Like in again, a bog or something? Yeah, something like that, that just kind of, um, not necessarily, the billow doesn't have to tempest toss you, but in this case it is. Yeah. A billow could be, but yeah, in the situation here, of course, the the storms um would be the 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 gigantic waves and whatnot yeah, yeah. so when i think too that kind of illustrates like the overwhelming 
nature of it, kind of going what you mm-hmm. were just talking about. You can't get your head above water. Yeah, that and that kind was of, actually another. Merriam-Webster yeah. added um, overwhelmed oh, was okay. was part of the tempest toss definition. Okay. Um, this one I wrote down wasn't from Merriam-Webster, but uh, that one did have overwhelmed, and I thought that was interesting. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yep, that's that's. I mean, that's where my mind went as well. And especially when thinking like uh, all, all is lost. Yeah, yeah. that second part mm-hmm. when you are discouraged, thinking all is lost. What came to my mind is in those situations, a lot of times it can feel like there's no hope. And that can cause us, I think, to lose our focus, uh, especially talking about in the spiritual realm. Uh, it can cause a lot of discouragement and things of that nature. An example, a couple of examples that I thought about were in the book of Matthew. They're in the other gospel accounts as well. But in Matthew 8, verses 23 through 27, whenever Christ uh, and the disciples are in, in the boat, and there, of course, comes that, that storm, and Jesus, he's there. And in verse 25, they, well, he was asleep, of course, and they go and they wake him up, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And I think, I think it's in Mark's account where he records them as saying, don't you care that we're perishing, perishing that we're yeah. dying? Uh, and then, of course, he says, why are you afraid, O you of little faith? And then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And so I think in a lot of those situations, the other example that I thought of was Matthew 14 with Peter. When we're in those situations and those storms, it can be very easy for us to lose sight of our faith. And so those hardships certainly can make us think that all is lost. So uh, real quick, going back to, I looked up the billow definition I saw, and it was from Oxford Dictionary, and it's a large undulating mass of something, typically cloud, smoke, or steam. And when I think about that, the billows of smoke, and I think that's that, you know, it can engulf you and overwhelm you and stuff like that. That's that's the definition I saw, but... Anyway, but yeah, that whole all is lost, I think, goes back to the just getting repeatedly pounded. Yes. You know, it's like if I'm in a, if I'm in, and Mike Tyson is out of his prime, but I still wouldn't get in a a ring with the guy at all because, I mean, getting hit repeatedly would not be good for me or my lifespan, I guess is how I'd say it. But it's like all would be lost, right? It would be, and, and to your point, spiritually speaking, we get discouraged and it's like man i'm never is it really worth it and Mm -hmm. i think that's where we look at the verses robbie you alluded to a couple of them james talks about it Uh, paul writes about it in romans chapter Mm 5 and then in romans chapter 8 where he talks about you know what we're dealing with can't compare with the end right the glory that we'll receive as well so the question is answered is it worth it is this really is this struggle worth it yeah it will be and that's having to look through the billows to Mm -hmm. see it, I think, sometimes. Well, and I think that kind of goes to the next part of that stanza where he says, Count your many blessings, name them one by one, it will surprise you what the Lord hath done. I think what he's, what the, who was it, Johnson Oatman, who wrote this? uh, Yep. He, I think the idea, at least what comes to me, what it seems to me at least, is in those moments where you are discouraged and you're overwhelmed, you're thinking all is lost, reflect back on all of the things that God has done for you and all of the ways that he's already blessed you and that will help you through and I think he kind of hits on that again I think in the last stanza as well that kind of idea Mm -hmm. I'll mention it now because you brought up the guy but um so 
not much history to this particular hymn other than the fact that his dad was well known for his ability to sing hymns. And this guy was this youngster at the time. He wanted to sing like his dad, Mm -hmm. and he couldn't. But what he did was he was able to write hymns, and he wrote over a thousand hymns, I believe it was, Mm -hmm. and he had the talent. So he looked at the blessing he had rather than getting discouraged that, oh, I can't sing, I can't. Mm -hmm. He found his talent and used it right and he looked for his blessing and i think that's one thing we need to do is not necessarily compare ourselves with others sometimes we're going to get to that in a couple other verses but Mm -hmm. of this song but um that was really the the main story of this is he he could have got discouraged but he looked at you know he looked through the billows as you would say Mm -hmm. and said oh i can do this and he went off and was very successful at that so well i don't remember who originally said this i mean ren i know that you've said this before too but i think discouragement is one of the devil's greatest yeah. you know tools that he uses for individuals as well as the church in general and you know it can really be a poison and it just allows us to you know just be really negative and complain and you know just kind of like gripe about our own yeah. situations but i found it really ironic that i focused a little bit on that word tempest too because i was like hmm, that's really interesting and there's another hymn that is called master of the tempest that's is raging that I automatically thought of because it, you know, uses the same word there. And I'm not going to read the whole song, but just the first few lines of that song read, Master, the tempest is raging, the billows are tossing high, the sky is o'ershadowed with blackness, no shelter or help is nigh. Carest thou not that we perish? How canst thou lie asleep? So, you know, really kind of similar, you know, mood or just kind of mindset. that, That song is actually the the written song version of what you were alluded to there in Matthew when they said, Oh yeah. Do you know, mm-hmm. right. do you care that we perish? Right. And a- absolutely is. is that, and I think sometimes we can say, where are you? Right. You know, do you not care about me? Why are you letting me deal with this? And I think that's where we got to be fair with the scriptures and say, well, it says you're going to deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's not the fact that God doesn't care for you. Right. But anyway, right. it's, and that's kind of another really important point is a lot of times that's, human nature to get like really negative and start kind of for lack of a better way to put it pouting about our situations automatically when you when you brought up feeling kind of beaten over the head or just like taking pounding after pounding uh there's there's a boxer i think that said and it may not have been a boxer but somebody that is more important than me once said it's not about how many times you get knocked down it's about how many times you get back up And I forget it what who it was. It may or may have even been Mike Tyson or somebody Sounds like that. Sounds like something Rocky would say too. Or Yogi. It may have been or, yeah. or Yogi Berra. But so. it was not Robbie Santiago who originally said that. I'll I'll tell you that much. <laughs> but um, but I really do think it it is uh, a lesson for us to not sit there and you know complain about our own situations because uh, another quote I'll throw at you that was definitely said by Harry S. Truman was that a pessimist is somebody who makes difficulties of their opportunities, and an optimist is somebody who makes opportunities of their difficulties. Um, And so I think that's another good quote to consider just because it's really easy to take the same situation, and you can't control, like, bad things are going to happen to you. You You're going to have those times where you feel beaten over the head where you're taking that pounding after pounding. But... Um, you aren't going to be able to stop those things, but you can't control how you respond mm-hmm. to those things. And are you going to respond in a way that's going to honor God, or are you going to blame God for those things? And a lot of people blame God for those mm-hmm. things, unfortunately. Uh, right. 
Well, but to your point, what you just said about, you know, praise God, that was something else I thought with this verse as well, especially the last part where he says it will surprise you what the Lord has done. One of the first things I thought of was give God credit for what he's done Mm -hmm. for us already. But the other thing uh, with that word surprise, Ephesians 3 and verse 20, we're told that he's able to do above all that we ask or think. And so, again, reflecting upon what God's already done for us will help us, I think, realize the power that he has and the ability that he has to help us through those times. That's another song, too. The, uh, I forget the name of it, but it's amazing how many songs, like, you know, are almost a direct quote of Scripture if we mm-hmm. take the time to look yeah. at it, which is why we kind of begin this study yeah. to begin with, I suppose, but... Anyway, Ryan, was I cutting you off? I don't think so. All right. Well, are you guys good to go on to verse 2 then? Mm-hmm. I assume it'll make most sense to do it by verse, and then we'll tackle yeah. the chorus at the end. So the beginning of verse 2 says, Are you ever burdened with a load of care? Does the cross seem heavy? You are called to bear. And, per, well, I'll let you guys go first because um, the point I was going to make is about that second question. So yeah. I'll let you guys open up if you have anything on that first question. Well, one thing that I have with the first question, I mean, there's obviously a lot of things that we're loaded down with, a load of care. Uh, obviously, thinking about physical circumstances, those typically burden us very heavily. Uh, but also thinking even about, uh, of course, spiritual circumstances and situations. I think of Daniel in Daniel 7, verse 28, after God had given him the visions of the four beasts. And it says... Uh, I guess I should go over there and read that. Uh, but Daniel 7 and verse 28, uh, Daniel said, Here is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my thoughts greatly alarmed me, and my color changed, but I kept the matter in my heart. Daniel was wrestling with what God meant, and he was troubled by that vision. And so he he had a lot of inner conflict and turmoil. Uh, and I would say in that respect, he was burdened with a load of care. Because he wanted to understand, he wanted to know what God uh, meant by that thing. And I think we experience that obviously not in the exact same way, but we experience that in a lot of similar ways when we're studying the scriptures and we want to know genuinely what God would require of us on any given topic or subject. And a lot of times there is some of that inner turmoil and that load of care that we experience uh, because of that endeavor, and as I mentioned, that's not the only thing, obviously, but that was one thing that came to my mind, being burdened with that load of care. I think that I thought this verse really piggybacked on to verse 1, because mm-hmm. a lot of those beatings and, and trials end up being something that weigh on us and, you know, hold us down if, if we let them. Um, Ren, you were talking there about the, um, I forget exactly how you said it, but the load of care of trying to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of where Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, um, where he talked about, um, sorry, verse, chapter 11 is where he talked about all his, chapter 12 is where he prayed for the thorn. Chapter 11, where he went through all of the list of things that he went through, um, beatings, getting beat by rods, being shipwrecked, all that kind of stuff. In verse, um, when he gets to the end of that, after everything he lists there, in verse 28, and he said, And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure of me, of my anxiety for all the churches. So not that 
we have the same anxiety that Paul does, but yeah. I think there's some care and worry about our fellow brothers and sisters and what they're dealing with, and even ourselves, right? And right. it's like just the um, Galatians chapter 6, verses 1 and 2, talking about bearing one another's burdens. In the context there, mm-hmm. he's talking about you know temptation and being drawn away and stuff like that, but I think that's that care. Mm-hmm. I think the load of care there... Um, I think of can be persecution, which I think leads to the next question, which, Robbie, I think you're going to hit on in a second. But mm-hmm. I think, it, to your point, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah. But Yeah. I had that same verse with Second Corinthians 11, but I had it with the next segment uh, where it talks about the cross, mm. that you're called to seem heavy to bear because the cross that we are called to bear is our faithfulness mm-hmm. to God, even when, as you alluded to a moment ago, even when we face persecution. And I think of that obviously in that particular realm, but also in all of those endeavors to remain faithful and to help others stay faithful. I think that kind of again harkens back to that passage of Paul in Second Corinthians eleven, yep. the Agreed. care and the anxieties that that produces in us. Mm-hmm. And that was the verse I was going to go to, but one that that is based off of, of course, is in Luke chapter nine as well, where Jesus says, right. "If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily." And follow me. And in context, you know, he's he had just had this conversation with all of the apostles, particularly with Peter. You know, Peter's always like, "Oh, I'll never forsake you, Lord." But then, when those storms came, and I I think something that's really overlooked in the church. You know, all of us are very cognizant that sin and temptation and difficulties are going to come. But I think what a lot of people well, sometimes, and self-included in this, is we don't always, when it comes to our, like, internalized emotions, always share about those things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that, like, and a lot of that's the byproduct or can be the byproduct of those trials and different things as well. But I think, you know, when I think of the early church, how supportive and encouraging they were with one another, I just see them, you know, being very open and sharing those things as a collective unit and leaning on one another. And I think that's something that that we could really learn from and kind of emulate today as well. Um, But that's kind of what I thought of. Obviously, temptations, trials, struggles, those beatings. Mm -hmm. Again, Ryan, to your point, it's kind of similar ideas. Verse one, I think, here in the opening couple questions here. But uh, but sometimes those things can way heavy on us and we can rely on one another but did you guys have any other thoughts on the first bit of verse two there i'm good where we go on all right well the second part of verse two says count your many blessings every doubt will fly and you will be singing as the days go by um, and we were actually talking about doubt during the adult class uh, and the rare occurrence that i got to sit in on the adult class this past sunday um, and how it's the opposite of of faith and belief you know i think of that uh, that verse that that true love uh, cast out doubt and everything, and so when you think of uh, when you think when you rely on God and and on your brotherhood as well, a lot of those doubts that creep in when you're surrounded by people who are encouraging you, and when you when the Lord is surrounding you through these things as well, some of those doubts will, as the songs yeah. say, fly away. And something that uh, well, many of you know that I have a son named Lucas, and sometimes when he gets, like, really upset, we found, especially when he was, like, really, really younger, 
is whenever we'd start like singing or, you know, there's several like acapella, non-instrumental music, um, things on Spotify in different places, but different like hymns we would sing, it would like calm him down. And it kind of like that song kind of reminded me of just that. I remember like numerous times he'd be fussing and we'd just kind of get up and, uh, and I'd either sing just a song by myself or even, you know, just singing mm-hmm. with a, a song that was on Spotify that was pre-recorded and he would almost calm down every single time. So I don't know if it was a coincidence or if he did it intentionally, but it worked on him and it ought to work on us too, I reckon. Yeah. yeah. I, I think that, again, the author is, and the core is, if you look, at, if you set your view on the appropriate things, not focusing on this load mm-hmm. of care, but yeah. focusing on what God has done for us, not only materially, but spiritually speaking, more importantly, we win, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, there's nothing, I mean, you know, Christ said, why fear him who, you know, can can hurt you physically? Right. You should fear the person that can condemn you to hell, Destroy right? Yeah. yeah, so it's like, you know, what, what can man do to me? I think that, you know, that's, Paul says that, yeah. you know, it's like, well, we're on the right team. Why am I letting this? And easier right. said than done. Don't yes. get me wrong. Yeah. And I know I'm sitting behind this mic, and you're like saying, "Well, yeah, Brian, it's easy. I get it. It's easier said than done." But I think if we really focus on those blessings, um, we will start to be. And I think it goes back to your your point earlier about praise. I mean, that's James said. You know, whoever is is glad, let him sing praise. Right. And I think if we turn our attitude around and then we're going to be singing, think mm-hmm. about Paul and Silas in Acts chapter 16 in prison. What, yeah. what does it say they were doing there in verse 25? They were praying, praying and, singing. and singing hymns, yeah. right? And it's like, well, what? who would do that? It's because they were content, and we've, we've got a podcast on that if you guys want to go yeah. back and listen to it. But mm-hmm. I think contentment comes into a lot of this, this whole aspect. But. I immediately thought of a different song, This Is My Father's World, because in verse 3 it says, This is my Father's world, oh, let me ne'er forget that though the wrongs seem off so strong, God is the ruler yet. This is my Father's world, why should my heart be sad? The Lord is king, let heaven ring, God reigns, let earth be glad. The point is, yeah, it seems like the bad is winning all the time. Yeah. But guess what? Who's who's reigning overall? Uh, you know, who's going to win in the end? So mm-hmm. that's where I think we got to turn our again focus on the right things right i think it's all about our perspective too you Mm -hmm. know and you know whether whether you look at something and you know you could take the same situation and you can think of it negatively or positively and whichever way you're you're looking at it that's what you're gonna see so you know if you're looking for something to complain about that's what you're gonna find if you're looking for something to be grateful and to you know praise god about You'll find that, too. It's kind of all about perspective. Um, and I think, I forget who had quoted this, uh, maybe another famous athlete or something, but there was something that I read somewhere, um, and I'll paraphrase it, but said, whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. I think it was actually Henry yeah. Ford, but they were talking about that, yeah. I believe, in the in, adult in class, class as well. In Bible class on Sunday morning, yeah. Um, but whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. And I remember seeing that on a poster when I was, like, in elementary school as well. But um, anyway, I just think it's all really goes back to our perspective. What yeah. we're looking for, we're going to find it. And mm-hmm. most of us, human nature is to look for things to complain about. Yeah. So. 
Okay. Did you guys have any other thoughts on verse 2 before we go on? We can go ahead. All right. Verse 3, beginning of verse 3 says, When you look at others with their loads and gold, or their lands and gold, think that Christ has promised you his wealth untold. Obviously, kind of like what we were just talking about, but a lot of it's perspective. And I think a lot of people, and especially the world that we live in, focuses a lot on our how much money we make, our possessions. Mm -hmm. Think of the rich young ruler, obviously. Like Mm -hmm. there's so many examples that we could point to in scripture of like people that focused on material things and things that are temporary and things of this world instead of setting our mind on things above. So what comments do you guys have on those opening parts of verse three? Well, well, yeah, I was going to, I was Psalm 49, really verses five through 10, but I'm not going to read the whole thing. Go read it later. But um, verse 7, truly no man can ransom another or give to God the price of his life, for the ransom of their life is costly and can never suffice. And then he goes on to talk about how the wise, the fool, the stupid will all perish and they'll leave their wealth to others. It's like, number one, you can't buy your salvation. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think it says Christ has promised you his wealth untold. I mean, we've talked about him, you know, First Peter chapter 1 talks about his precious blood is right. more precious than gold and silver that couldn't ransom us. And number two, even if you amass wealth, it's not going anywhere with you. No. And, and you talked about the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler. That's the barn guy, or is that that that's the rich young fool? That's the rich the, young fool. The, yeah. yeah. Well, well, the barn I think guy. He's just called the rich fool. The rich fool. Okay. Well, I just fool. assume he's young, but anyway, <laughs> he may have been. Well, well what, he was trying to retire. The so whole point know. there. Oh, he's probably not. There. The <laughs> whole point there at the end of that, after he amassed all this stuff, is that well, your soul, you fool, this that your soul is is required of you this mm-hmm. night. Whose stuff is this going to be now? Yeah. It's like this is great now, but. It does you no good. Right. Even that passage in Luke 9 that I referenced earlier, a couple verses later in verse 25, it says, For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and loses, loses his soul? soul. Yep. So, I mean, clearly, you know, it's a rhetorical question. Right. Um, and Mark, I believe, in some of the other Gospels also harp on that same point. But yeah. Ren, Well, I was just going to go back because I know earlier, I think it was when we were comparison. still talking about the first verse, you brought up comparison. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that made me think of the quote, at least... Teddy Roosevelt is credited with this quote, but he it, the saying is comparison is the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we do that very thing, especially whenever it comes to wealth and possessions. And I would say even more so in the age of social media, because everybody posts to make their life look, look like great. it's so yeah. perfect, yeah. when in reality it's just as bad as everybody else's. <laughs> but we begin comparing our lives and what our reality is with what they put out on social media and we begin to think and we become discontent and i think that kind of goes back to well you know first timothy 6 6 through 10 uh with food and clothing let us be content and to not well in verse 10 the love of money is the root of all evil mm-hmm. all kinds of evil and so not coveting or desiring those wealth that wealth because, as we've already talked about, that second part of the stanza, because Christ has promised you his wealth untold, it doesn't even compare with anything, as y'all have pointed out, Luke nine twenty five, the other passages, passages that y'all pointed out. Heaven isn't even worthy, well, let me word it this way, because <laughs> that was going to sound bad. <laughs> uh, 
the earth and the possessions of this earth are not worth comparing to what yeah. with what heaven is going to be like. Even if we amassed the entirety of the wealth that is on this earth, it would be nothing compared to heaven. Mm-hmm. And, and going back to, you know, and I'm pretty sure we talked about it in that contentment episode, but there's passages all over the place that talk about the reason why the love of money is the root of all evils is because it's the desire of those people wanting mm-hmm. to continue and continue. And, and, and as we, the, the guy who wrote Ecclesiastes, Solomon, yeah. right? The guy we quoted at the beginning of this said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5, verse 10, he who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves wealth with his income. Yeah. This is also vanity. The point is, if you love money, you're never going to have enough. And you're going to say, oh, I, got, I, got, I just got to get more. And got to get more, got to get more, got to get more. And there's nothing wrong with with having nice things. That Solomon, right. the guy that wrote that, was rich. Yeah. And who gave it to him? God. But it's like, what do you put your priority on? Right. And again, if you don't have the things that you think you really want, need, you've got your needs, right? And going back to your point of First Timothy chapter 6, food, water, Shelter is what Christ said, that if we seek the kingdom of right. God, we'll be given the necessities of life. That's really all we've been promised. Yeah. So everything else is just a cherry on top. Right. But it's like, again, getting back to the, the idea of counting your blessings, you know, stop and think about them. Right. Don't, and, and I think that's a big problem with this discussion is people don't realize how much they already have. Mm-hmm. And so they just want more because they think that's going to satisfy that desire in their mind and it won't and then they it might for a little bit but until the next model comes out or whatever of whatever it is everybody's jonesing (laughs) i I really think um also whatever like our desires sometimes whatever we focus on or whatever whatever we prioritize we kind of become maybe this isn't the right word but kind of like greedy for that like if it's like more wealth and income then you know we really work hard to achieve that and like that's kind of what we harp on sometimes that's money or sometimes that can be you know possessions the latest technology or latest phone Mm -hmm. or whatever like uh you know whatever it is on the flip side of that you know that's i think you know filled with scripture and godly things i think we can sometimes you know take the principle that if we fill ourselves with that then you know i don't know y'all's experience but you know the more often i study the more i actually want to study more i feel like so that you know on the flip side of that and that's something that we would probably want to be more quote greedy about is to be you know more prayerful closer to god you know more involved in scripture and bible study and things like that than you know how much money we make and everything and even like things like you know family time like i grew up in even to this day, my family back in North Carolina, they eat out almost every Thursday, and they're together every week, sometimes more than that. And, you know, that's something that, you know, if you prioritize that, you know, you really enjoy being around your family, mm-hmm. and you want to do that more often. But then, you know, if you never see your family, you know, it's kind of out of sight, out of mind, and, you know, you don't always do a whole lot, right. except, you know, this time of year, you know, with Thanksgiving and everything, I guess that's a little different. But, you know, we just want to be... uh be i guess quote greedy for the right things and that's kind of like what this song's teaching us about is our perspective okay um i guess you guys good to go on the second part yeah. of that verse yeah. Yeah. okay uh second part of verse three says count count your many blessings money cannot buy your reward in heaven 
nor your home on high. And Ryan, you kind of just yeah, well, almost there. spoke this into existence just yeah. a moment ago. But I was like, just thinking that I should have waited for these verses here, but it, the ones in Psalm again and First Peter talking about the ransom was through Christ's blood. There was nothing material that we can't say, okay, God, here's $10 million. Well, number one, we don't have that yeah. much probably, but even those that do can't say, okay, God, here, I want to buy my salvation right. because it doesn't work that way. They tried that one time in the and during the Reformation, or before the Reformation, I guess. <laughs> Didn't work out that well. No. Um, but, um, that, I mean, that's pretty self-explanatory. Yeah. You know, we can focus as much as we want on money, and in the end, but it can't, can't take it you. with us. Yeah. Nope. Um, I'll let you guys figure out who I'm referencing here, but um, there's someone in my life that I've known for a while that I refer to as the old goat. And I don't know if he still says this, but when I was younger, he would sometimes say this. He would say, he would always ask us, like, whenever we would, my sister, I would harp on something, he would say, is it going to matter in 100 years? And I think, like, especially, like, materialistic things. Like, if you ask yourself and you slow down and stop, like, is this actually going to matter? A lot of times the answer is going to be no with physical things, but also, like, a lot of the stuff that we sit here and, like, bellyache about. Or even, you know, I think of the Sermon on the Mount when, and Ren, you had kind of harped on that a little while earlier. Um, all of these things, in the end, probably aren't going to matter in I didn't years. think you were harping, but... Yeah, that's well, fun. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I don't care. Um, I was going to say, I tried to use that line of reasoning of, uh, is it going to matter in 100 years anytime Chloe wants to do family photos? It never works. <laughs> <laughs> Keep trying. Oh, goodness. Oh, persistence. <laughs> I thought that was just like my wife's thing too. Like we're taking like pictures like every so often here. I think we've got a few more scheduled coming up here. But oh. I, I mean, I, I enjoy them. Uh, they're just a little more frequent. Than I, I enjoy thought. them because she enjoys them. Exactly, exactly. So, um, I guess are you guys good to go on to the last verse here? Yeah. yeah. All right. So the last verse, verse four says, "So amid the conflict, whether great or small, do not be discouraged. God is over all." And I think, again, I keep, I keep harping on the word perspective here. I think we just really need to remember what's truly important, that God's in control, that no matter mm-hmm. how many beatings we take, no matter what we are focusing on, if we continue to keep our mind focused on God and that He is the provider of all good things, that's um, ultimately going to keep us encouraged. And so that's something that, again, I try to remind myself of when— you know, I'm get to my belly aching moods and focusing on, you know, God's going to get us through this. You know, stop complaining and stop feeling sorry for yourself and focus on what's truly important and all of the things that God has done for you right. up to this point. Right. And well, and because God is overall, one of the things that I thought about there was Second Corinthians 1 and verse 3, where we're told, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our mm-hmm. affliction that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. And that kind of connects to the next part of this stanza as well. But with God being over all things and with him having all power, all authority, and all might, no matter what we're going through, we can go to him, we can depend on him, we can trust him. And even if we don't have the strength in and of ourselves to endure something, we receive strength from him, of course, through the teachings and instruction that he gives us through his word well, to be able well, to Well, Ephesians 1-3 says kind of a similar point in similar right. language. Blessed be the God of our Father, 
our God, our Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. So, yeah. you know, those blessings that you were just listing there. Ryan, do you have something? I, I was going to say, I, I already referred to the that other verse, and this is my same thing there. You know, no matter how strong the wrong is, God is reigning over everything. And I think of Romans chapter 8, yep. verses 31 through the end of the chapter. You know, go read it. It talks about there's nothing that we deal with that can separate us from God mm-hmm. and His love. We can obviously, but there's nothing external to right. us that can take us out yeah. of that. So, well, and even as he says in verse 31, if God be for us, who can be can against be us? Against us yep. Kind of going back to that, the point you made with Matthew 10, 22 earlier, men can hurt us here, but beyond that, they're powerless. Yep. God's mm-hmm. the one that controls or has power over the physical and the spiritual. Anything else nope. you guys have on that bit? No. Nope. Nope. All right, let's go to the last part of verse 4. I'm interested to see what you guys have to say about this part. Um, uh, part of Second part of verse 4 says, Count your many blessings, angels will attend. Help and comfort give you to your journey's end. What do you guys uh, got? I, I'll be honest. I think that I, we kind of alluded to it in our angel podcast that I think God's providence is at yeah. play whether we see it or not. Um, we talked about Hebrews chapter 1, 13 and 14, talking about angels being ministering spirits sent out to serve for the sake of those who inherit salvation. You don't have to see an angel for them to do their work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, do I think God's providence affects us? On Yeah, I do. So yeah. I, I, that's yeah. where I think. That's where I went to as well, Hebrews 1 and verse 14. I also thought about, of course, the other side of this that I thought about was Luke 16, I think. Oh, taken to your journey. Yeah, I did too. Yeah, where with the rich man and Lazarus, when Lazarus died, he was taken because by the angels the, into Abraham's bosom. This, but, mm-hmm. but the rich man had nothing. Exactly. Yeah. And at the the end of this verse says, the angels will to your journey's end. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's exactly, where my mind went exa- with that I did too. That's, so. that's where I was going with this as well. And I just thought it was really interesting too. And so, but visually, my mind also kind of thought of. The scene right after Jesus um, was baptized, even though he technically oh, yeah. didn't have to be, but we'll get to that maybe on another podcast. But uh, in, in a show of obedience, Jesus was baptized, yeah. and then the angels came and attended to him. Now we uh, we may like choose to do the right thing and continue to lean on God, and we may not like have angels like physically coming to like to sing to us mm-hmm. and minister to us or yeah. anything like where we can witness that or anything today. Um, but like Ryan was saying, God's providence, when we, uh, when we do the right thing, God's providence is going to continue to be there with us. Okay. Shall we go on to the chorus guys? Sure. All right. Um, the chorus, uh, says count your many blessings, name them one by one, count your many blessings, see what God has done. Count your many blessings, name them one by one. Count your many blessings, see what God hath done. So what So what is he trying to convey here? I, I don't I'm not, really I'm know. I'm not sure. I got lost there for a minute. <laughs> I, I I think again, Robbie, you lose your perspective multiple times and I and I save this for the end. Um the grand finale. Well, I'm not not folks. that, but I wanted to I wanted to apply it here was two things. Number one, you talked about what you're looking for, you're gonna find. There's there's mm-hmm. a book it's um I think it's I don't remember if it's it's Burt Jones and I think John Shannon or it's Burt Jones and Brad Hara but one of those two devotional books I have and they it's a Burt Jones article but he was talking about you can choose to be the hummingbird or you can choose to be the buzzard because the hummingbird and the buzzard can fly over the exact same area 
but they're looking for two different things. The buzzard, buzzard, the, bu- <laughs> the the buzzard is looking for death and decay, yeah. and the hummingbird is looking for sweet nectar. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And we can choose if we want to be the hummingbird of life or the buzzard. Are we looking for the death and decay, which you talked about? Are we looking for the com- something to complain about? Or are we looking for the, the sweet blessings mm-hmm. that God has given us? And, and that's where we have to make that decision. Even in terms of our attitude, the, another phrase, you catch more flies with, with honey, honey than vinegar. Yeah. So similar. I like that. Yeah. Ren, did you have something? Well, I, just kind of going back to what I think I've already mentioned before, talking about counting your blessings in the sense of realizing everything that God has done for you. Because it's easy for us... I mean, I think we do this in our own personal relationships. It's easy for us to forget what take for like granted. Our, yeah, yeah, what our spouse has done for us, what our friends, what our families have done for us, and the same is true when our relationship with God. It's easy for us to forget all that He has done for us and to take it for granted. And so, again, going back to y'all's point, I think this whole song perspective, I think, is a great word to describe the point of this song and going back and remembering all that God has done. Well, I was even going to read uh, real quickly the kind of last bit uh, after it says in the verses, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord has done, and you will be singing as the days go on, your reward in heaven, nor your home on high, and then help and comfort give you to your journeys in. Like, I think, you know, these are all like different things that God uh, can provide when we have the right perspective. Yeah if we focus on what's truly important. And even, you know, uh, there's a, I don't know who on earth would have been credited for this, but somebody more famous than me once once had said, if you went to bed with only the things that you prayed for the day, how much would you have when you went to bed? Yeah. And I think, like, that's a stark reminder of, you know, how how much we truly have to your point just a minute ago right. so well i think we talked about that before on an earlier podcast i don't remember what it was but i remember mentioning things i mean even like minute things that we don't even really think about especially for me like i think about well even the, the technology yeah my new poster note thing yeah. here to help me organize my to-do uh-huh. list every yeah. day <laughs> so i can be more effective in my work or you know more specifically, all of this equipment that we've been blessed with to be able to produce this. Mm-hmm. Again, I think ultimately that comes from God to enable us to do uh, this work to help others. And, I mean, we can look at so many different aspects of that. I mean, for those that have jobs, most likely you have a vehicle to help you get to and from that job. God provides for you through that work, but he also provides for you in the sense that he gets you there and back because he's blessed you with the ability to do that. And so I think really when we really start to what you were just talking about, Robbie, think about all of the little things that God has blessed us with. Central heat mm-hmm. right now is a tremendous blessing. Electricity. That a lot of people for, you know, the first five, 6,000, yeah, depending on, you know, exactly how old the earth is, 6,000-ish years, people didn't have. But we have that comfort and that's mm-hmm. purely a comfort that i mean that's not necessary at all yeah, yeah. Uh, um but going back i don't think we could name them all no when no. it says name one by one i think that's a no. challenge that we now if you want to be sarcastic going back to robbie's thing just thank god for everything and then, yeah, and then yeah, you're covering, covering your bases. Yeah. um 
this this saying I I saw on a um, on a video I was watching, and he attributed to a guy who was doing a lesson. I don't remember the guy's name, but he said, "Happy people aren't grateful people." Grateful people are happy people. He said, if you wait until you are happy to be grateful, you're never going to be either one. If you are grateful, then you can be happy in every situation because I think it gets back to that contentment, the attitude, and being grateful for what you already have. Well, Philippians 4.10, yeah. I've learned in whatever state I am therewith to be content. Mm -hmm. Paul was grateful for everything God had done for him. Yeah. Even, and so he was able to be happy. He was able to Through have that joy. the rest of that chapter, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. even if he, you know, from a worldly world. standpoint, was destitute. Yep. Absolutely. I think, yeah. again, it really is, we got to keep our focus on what's truly important. So yep. you guys have any other concluding thoughts? No. I don't think so. You know, quotes, like, we threw a lot of quotes in here today. I think quotes are, are great because there's a lot of, like people that have been smarter than me that have very insightful things that they've said that I'm not smart enough to come up with on my own. So I just repeat what they said and say ditto and move yeah. on. So, <laughs> uh, But we want to thank all of you guys for listening this season. Uh, continue to share this podcast and uh, our other podcasts with your friends. Uh, maybe catch up on some past episodes while we take our break here over yeah. the holiday season and uh, spend some time with your family. Count those blessings. Yeah, definitely. Name yeah. them one by one, but you may be sitting there for a while naming them all off. Um, but as for this episode and this season, I guess you can consider this the, the conclusion, conclusion of the matter. matter.